Hi, I'm Nancy Dufresne. Welcome to our podcast channel. We know you'll be blessed by today's message. Hallelujah. And we're so grateful. We're so grateful for the privilege of doing it now. Amen. And every day hereafter. Amen. Jesus, we glorify you. We magnify you. We give you glory and honor in this place. Thank you so much for all that you have worked in these meetings and that which you will continue to work. And we say we are changed. We take change. And we're so grateful for all that change brings us into. Thank you for the light. Thank you for the light. Thank you for the light. We're just so grateful. And Father, we are hungry. There's so much more. And we're, we're pressing toward that. We're reaching toward it with our faith. And we thank you. We thank you for the honor of being alive in this time. What a time. What a time we live in. Father, it's your finest hour. We declare it is your hour. And we're so, so grateful. As Dad Hagen so often said, it'll get darker in the world, brighter in the church. <laughs> and we're so grateful that we know which flow belongs to us. We thank you for it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We'll turn around to four or five people tonight. Give them a great big God bless you. Then you can be seated. I trust you're like me tonight. I have so enjoyed this week. I have so, so enjoyed this week. Have you? How many of you have gotten to be here at every service so far? Wow, the majority of you. Thank you so much for being here. And um, of course, the Cody's, they just spoil us. They just... And uh, we have just so, so, so enjoyed our time. It's like... What day are we supposed to quit? Because is that a hard and fast rule? I mean, <laughs> so we have we have so enjoyed our time here. Hallelujah! You know, the word tells us, speaking of the Hebrews delivered out of Egypt, that in the journey as they were to head toward what God had planned for them all along, they that first generation didn't arrive. And there was one reason they didn't believe. They believed the wrong thing. And uh, the word says in Hebrews that the word preached to them, as well as unto us, that it did not profit them not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. And... uh, Every, every flow of the word, every truth of the word has to have faith mixed with it. You can't just believe the word in general. Amen. That's right. On purpose, you have to mix faith with 
each truth heard. Amen. And uh, we should believe the word in general, but we also have to believe it specifically for it to bear fruit specifically in our lives. And so we need to be taught the different specifics of the word so that we can on purpose mix our faith with that. Amen. Amen. It's our faith that activates that truth. Amen. And so we've come to mix our faith. Amen. To add our faith and believe with our heart. Amen. And so we will only have faith for the things we're taught. And things that we haven't heard about in a long time, possibly, sometimes, uh, although we, we intend to believe it, we haven't had the opportunity to mix our faith with it. Because we just haven't possibly heard certain features of truths for a while. And so uh, we want to make sure that we have the opportunity to not let things drop that we need. Because what belongs to us in this era has been spoken by Dad Hagen, by Dr. Summerall, my husband, different ones spoke by the Spirit of God that a full measure, full potential power, flowing of the fivefold offices, the nine manifestations of the Spirit, but also fullness of the Spirit. Fullness of the Spirit. Amen. So for us to operate at the full measure, we're going to need everything that heaven uh, assigned to us. And especially in this last days, we need it all. We can't decide we only need a part. We need it all. And what was in my heart tonight is talking about the assistance of angels. Because we need their part and their role and their assistance for us to experience full measure. That's right. Yes. Full measure. Why? Because there are workings of miracles. Amen. And uh, in many cases, angels are involved in that work. Amen. Amen. There are gifts of healings. Um something I so appreciate when Brother Copeland came to our church and he said it would happen in our church and I believe for that to happen in our church and that is that the maimed will be made whole. He he brought out Jesus healed the maimed. And we don't really hear too much of that word. And we relegate it in a category by itself that it's the hard part. But it's still what belongs to this flow is that the maimed are healed. For that to be true, they need body parts put back. They need body parts put back. And part of the supply for the maimed to be healed is heaven has extra body parts. Amen. And faith receives those. Faith receives those. Amen. But angels will bring body parts. Absolutely. 
And uh, whether those angels are ever seen or not, they can still uh, assist in ways that we may not, we might not be aware of. And listen, it doesn't really matter totally if we're fully aware, just so long as we're bringing our faith because that's the fuel of the word of God, our faith in the word fuels their movement. Amen. And so we cannot set aside this divine assistance from heaven. Uh, turn with me, if you would, to Hebrews chapter 1. My husband often stated, in the last days there is going to be an increase of angelic activity. Well, if that be the case, we need to be ready to receive that flow, move with that flow, and not think it's odd and not get unsound if with that. Amen. 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 How many times does, do we read through the Old Testament, especially, but you find this phrase, the Lord of hosts? The host he's talking about is the hosts of multitudes of angels. He's the Lord of them, and they are under his command. And then he brings us into a share of the command of that. Amen. And so we need to become skillful in this command that we have authority uh, in their flow. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 13, but to which of the angels said he at any time, sit on my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool? Are they not all ministering spirits? What kind of spirits are they? They're ministering spirits. And they're here to minister something good. They're not going to minister something bad. They always minister what's good. But they are not fulfilled until they're ministering. Right. Amen. Because they are ministering spirits. They're not just standbys. They have assignments on them. And they are sent to minister. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth? Well, who sent them forth? God sent them forth to us. And then we send them forth to the specifics of what we believe they'll do. So we can only send them forth based on our faith in what they'll accomplish. So they are, they, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? So it's for us. Amen. Heaven would not have sent them forth if we did not need them. And this is what I want us to see. If we think we can be negligent toward them, we're going to not be able to move into all heaven has assigned for us because part of what heaven assigned requires their assistance. And we have to actively, we have to actively uh, put our faith on that we're not running this race alone. My husband stood in the prophet's office, and I say that, um, I say that soberly. Mm-hmm. I'm not lightly using that word. Amen. It's not a light word to use it. You don't use it lightly. That's right. You don't 
you don't assign it lightly to people. Um, But he was a true prophet of God. And he saw, of anyone I've ever read after, he saw more angels than any person I've ever read after. He had a ministry of seeing angels. And uh, thankfully, I got to live with a man who talked about them. But not all of us live with prophets. <laughs> no, right. That's right. Yeah. You can turn to your spouse and say, I ain't it. <laughs> so you might not be as aware of them. Or they might not be something that's in the forefront of what you think about. But for those who have that voice in the body and they see those, it is our job to remind the body, hey, you, there, he is the Lord of hosts. There's hosts available to the body of Christ. And what do we know that when, when the prophet of God would begin to, Elisha, would begin to reveal by the Spirit the strategy of the opposing armies. And every time that the opposing army of God's people would position themselves, the prophet of God would speak. And, and disclose their battle plan. And so this happened several times. And finally, the enemy king said, to, said who's, who's the mole in the camp? Which one of you is the traitor? And one of them spoke up trying to save their bacon, which was really good, and said, none of us, but there's a prophet in Israel. And what you say in your bedchamber, he, he reveals that. <laughs> they believed in that prophet's office. And so this enemy, this enemy king said, well, then the plan is get hold of the prophet. And the prophet was in bed. And Gehazi came out one morning to do his servant duties. And the whole city is surrounded to get one man who saw That's how important seeing is. The entire army showed up to stop one man from seeing, from hearing, from getting into to, uh, conveying that realm. And so Elisha goes, I mean, Gehazi goes out there and you can understand. He goes, uh... <laughs> Because he's not the one that sees. And he just sees this entire region surrounded. It matters who you connected to. (laughs) He goes back in. There's some fellas out here. (laughs) They want you. And God's, and, and the prophet prayed, said, God opened his eyes. And what did he see then? He saw the host, because the Lord of hosts had a plan. And he saw them, the hills filled, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Now, it doesn't say what the season is or when the season was. 
but it was at a it was a certain season uh, designated by God. And if they would have known when that was going to happen, they wouldn't need to reside there. But they were residing there, waiting for the troubling of the water. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. So an angel uh, was bringing from heaven a measure of healing power and depositing it in the water. And there was a measure, so healing power can be had in measures. That there was a measure only enough for one. If the second one got in, nothing happened. Right. The, it was used up on the first. And it, I, I so love, I love this last phrase. Then after the troubling of the waters, who's, excuse me, whosoever then first step, first after the troubling of the waters stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. Whatsoever. Whatsoever. It didn't matter how long it had been there. It didn't matter. See, uh, to the anointing, it doesn't matter. Nothing overwhelms the anointing. Amen. Whatsoever. How maimed, how crippled, how long they've been blind. Didn't matter. Amen. Angels are not healers. They cooperate with healing power. This angel didn't touch the people. Not to say that angels don't touch people. But in this case, what they did, they deposited healing power. Yeah, that's right. Well, you say, well now, see, that, that is, that it, that's depicting something under the old covenant because the new covenant had not been activated yet and put in place. So you say, well, we don't need that. Well, the, the new covenant is better, but that doesn't mean we don't get exactly what they had plus. That's right. Amen. Healing power is here. We don't have to wait for an angel to bring it, but can angels still not bring it? Amen. Before my husband and I were married, just a few months before we met, he was coming off of a uh, commercial flight one day and had come down the jetway, uh, coming off the plane and as he was coming walking down the jetway the spirit of God said to him turn around and he turned around and behind him coming off the airplane he saw 100 angels you say how did how did you know how many when you're in the spirit you know and they were two side by side 50 rows of of these angels and uh, they were walking too, side by side, following him off. And it said, God, what are those angels? He said, they have just been dispatched to assist you and work with you in the healing ministry. I didn't say they're healers. They assist. Jesus is the healer. But they are agents that he will use in the healing ministry. So notice this, evidently there are some people who should be healed that won't get healed without them or they wouldn't have been given. They wouldn't have been dispatched. If everyone could be healed without the assistance of angels, then why were they dispatched? Jesus was doing something or heaven was sending something useless. So evidently, just by those being sent, they're needed to have 
all healed. I didn't say they heal all. Some are healed by different methods. Some are healed because there's other, there's seven different methods that dad Hagen lines up that the word teaches that healing can come. But this is one way that healing is brought into the lives of people. I remember Ed telling right, right after we met, right before we married, and you understand there's a very slim timeline there because we married five weeks from the day we met. We met, two weeks later he began contacting me. Three weeks later we were married. So five weeks from the day we met, we were married. In that three-week period that we were even in contact, we, only, we were only in contact maybe six times from the time we met to the time we married. You ain't that. Don't do that. <laughs> That's the exception, not the rule. And it worked out okay. We were married for right on 30 years. But during that three-week period that we were in contact with each other before we married, he was in Europe for, well, it was supposed to be 10 days, and he actually came home a day early because he had somebody waiting on him. So he was in Europe. He was in Germany. And he was preaching one night. And he had called uh, for some, there, he called out there's someone who needs healing in their back. And there came an elderly man, in it. he was in his 80s, and he came up, bent over completely at the waist. And he came walking up to the front in that church in Germany. And he's walking like this. He could not lift himself up. And Ed said, tell me a little bit about your condition. He says, I'm a preacher. And he said, I was thrown into a prison work camp for preaching. And he said, for 40 years I was in there carrying firewood. 40 years, he said, I carried, that was my job, and it destroyed his back. So here he's bent over, crippled up in his back at, at his waist. And Ed's just standing there, and all of a sudden, right in front of everybody there, the man starts doing this, just like this. And his shoulders went back. And he became perfectly straight, but he didn't stop. He kept going up. And Ed saw an angel that had him and his back pulling him up. And when he got perfectly straight, he kept going. And the angel lifted him up. And his feet were dangling above the ground. His feet were off the ground. A sign. I'm sure that that man appreciated that someone believed in the ministry of angels. They are ministering spirits. What did that angel minister? He ministered healing, though he's not the healer. He's ministering power of the healer. I'm certain he was very grateful that someone didn't say that's too weird. That's too far-fetched. That's, that's scriptural. Absolutely. It's scriptural. And time and time again, throughout my husband's ministry, I saw the angels, the effect of their working. 
I saw it. I saw and heard the testimonies. I heard people talking about, I felt a hand reach in and straighten out the curvature of my spine. I felt a hand reach in and work on the organ of my heart. They literally felt it. Some felt it, some didn't. But this was part of those hundred angels. This was their work. Amen. If we will believe in, in what these ministering spirits are sent to do, they will do more of it. When they are not responded to, they don't have permission. Amen. Praise the Lord. At the time, five months after my husband went home to be with the Lord, I uh, was finishing up a service, and at the end of the service, God spoke to me, and I had completely let that slip. And he said, I, I had not even thought since his home going about those angels. And the Spirit of God spoke to me and said, when your husband left the earth, those hundred angels did not come with him because their ministry is in the earth. They have already been sent. He said they did not come back with him. They are still in the earth. And he said 50 of them stayed with you. He said the other 50 were dispatched to work with other ministers associated with your husband who have healing anointings on their lives. So it does matter who you're hooked up to. It does matter if you stay till the end. It does. It, till the end. That's good. It does matter. Because uh, Elijah said, if you see me when I go. If you see me when I go. It matters how you treat a man when he's going. Because many, many are easily attracted to a man at the climax of his ministry. But only honor stays to the end. It takes honor to hold you to the end. So he said that those 50 are with you, 50 others were dispatched, and he named like, and he named about four different ministers to me. But I got the idea that those weren't the only four. He was just giving me a sampling of some of those. Then he said this to me. He said, if you are faithful with those 50, then more will come. So we're the ones who measure how much divine help we have. And I'm talking especially even to pastors. There are angels that God has for your church to help you fulfill that heavenly vision. And he said, if you're faithful... With those 50, more will come. Then he told me how to be faithful. That is, talk about them. Because he said, when you talk about them, you give them permission to work. Hallelujah. So it doesn't matter that we have them if we don't recognize and acknowledge that we have their help. 
we will neglect their help that we so need because we need these ministering spirits. Ministering for us is what the word says. Amen. So I endeavor to talk about them in meetings. Why? Because I want you to be healed. If I fail to talk about them, it's going to cost someone their healing. And then I want you to release your faith that there is divine ministering spirits. There are these divine ministering spirits that if it's needed, and we don't have to get spooky about them, but the thing is, it doesn't make us more spiritual just because an angel got involved. But, it, you know, we shouldn't try to impress. I felt something. Well, you don't, whether you felt their movement or involvement or not, it doesn't matter. It's the end result that matters. So we need to keep sober about it and sound about it in the middle of the road about it. But we do need to talk about them. It's appropriate to talk about them. Because that's how you honor what God gave as ministering spirits to assist us. And Jesus talked about them. Don't you know I can call for 12 legion of angels, change everything right now if I want to. He was very aware of their participation. Amen. So every single one of you have an angel. Talk about the help it offers you. The angel is there to assist. Not you in your own plan, but you in God's plan. Amen. So they assist in the healing ministry. If you have a healing, and I'm not, every one of us can lay hands on the sick and they recover. That's the only scripture we have that believers are told to lay hands on the sick for. Lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. But I'm talking especially to those pastors and ministers who have a healing ministry. That you need to talk about angels. Because there are some healings that will not be uh, consummated without their help. Based on the nature of the need. Mom Hagen was diagnosed in her book. She talks about it. The pri- what is it? The price is not greater than God's grace. And she talked about how she was diagnosed with an incurable heart condition in her latter years. And so she would turn on Dad Hagen's, at that time, of course, it was a cassette, him reading healing scriptures. He, she said she kept them going in the morning as she's getting ready Throughout the day when she was doing things, if she was doing things around the house, she'd keep it going in her car. If she was driving, she would go to sleep listening to it at night. She did that for a year. A year. And uh, as her and dad were sitting in the den one night watching television before going to bed, and she saw, and God opened her eyes to see, she saw an angel walk in into the room carrying something. And then that angel walked up to her and what he was carrying, he put into her chest. It was a new heart. And he took out the old heart, and I love this, he put it on the table by her and left it. (laughs) Heaven's got no need for a diseased heart. Left it. 
Dad Hagen didn't see this. She saw this. So uh, after a little bit, as they were getting ready to go to bed, she told her husband what she saw. Well, that week she had uh, an appointment with the doctor, and the doctor said, this is the, fir the first bona fide miracle I have ever seen. This is not the same heart. It's a different heart. She would have been probably in her late 70s. It doesn't matter how old you are. Wholeness belongs to you. And because she wasn't content to have an aged heart that was defective, and she kept her faith on it, heaven responded. And, the, and an angel was part of the, He was a ministering spirit. Yes. Ministering Jesus' power. Yes. Amen. Amen. There's body parts that we need in this era. <laughs> Lots of them. Lots of them. Amen. So we need to release our faith for them. We need to talk about them. Because what God said to me, is that is, if you are faithful with these, more will come. And he said, that is, tell the people, you have to talk about them. Let them know you are welcome to do your, to fulfill your ministry. They are ministering spirits. They have a ministry among us. Why? Because the word preached won't profit without faith. We have to release faith with this. So they will help us, and we could go for a long time talking about, over the years, the many times I saw people healed under my husband's ministry because of angels' participation. I've seen bodies contort, doing things that physically their own body could not have done, but the angels were adjusting and moving. Amen. So another realm that angels will assist in is the financial realm. We have a revival to fund. We need divine assistance. Now you'll remember what God taught Dad Hagen. And the little booklet, if you don't have it or haven't read it or it's been a while, pull it out and read it. How God taught me about prosperity. He outlines the instruction God gave him. When you need money, he says, number one, claim how much you need. Number two, tell Satan to take his hands off the money that belongs to you. Number three, tell the angels to go. Go, bring that money. Number four, you praise. Because it only takes a moment to do first steps one, two, and three. But it, the bulk of the time is going to be on number four. You're praising while that process is happening. Now, number one, you claim the amount of money you need. Number two, you tell Satan to take his hands off of it. When he takes his hands off of it, you don't know where it is. He's not bringing it to you. He's the one stealing it from you. How often do thieves return? And do you want the thief bringing it back? <laughs> Once he's caught, drop it. When policemen catch a thief, drop it. They don't say, come, I want you to go back over to that house. No, you drop it. You take your thief hands off. Amen. 
the moment you're caught, right? Heaven's the same way. Once you're caught, how are you caught? Satan, you take your hands off my money. That means he's caught. He's going to take his hands off of it, but you don't know where it is, but the angels do. So now you tell the angels, now you go bring what they took their hands off of. You bring it to me. If you do steps one and two, you still ain't getting it. Until the angels get involved. They know where it has been left to pick it up. And the angels will bring that. Amen. Amen. And it's your praise, your faith that fuels them. Why? Because they need, your, they need you to believe that they're working. Just like you have to believe the power of God is working. And you have to believe. So you praise. Father, I thank you. I thank you that money's coming. And so the angels say, see, do you hear them? Do you hear them? We can keep, we can keep bringing it to them. Amen. Amen. Now, God told me uh, a couple of years ago, he said, talk often, tell often the things that the testimonies that happened in your in your husband's and your ministry. Why? Because your answer is in our testimonies. You take these truths and you apply them to you. Amen. That's why we so love Dad Hagen telling his stories. They never got old. They never got old. To people who said, oh, it's the same old story, they're, in, they're a mental ascent. That's why they don't appreciate it. Real faith wants to hear it over and over and over and over and over. If Dad Hagen did not say, I was born again at 20 minutes till late in the South Bedroom, 405 North College Street in City McKinney, Texas, I mean, I was cheated. You better tell that. Why? Because I might not be in your situation, but my light is in your situation. And so my husband, he, he pastored before our church in Murrieta, California that we now have in the 70s. He started a church in Torrance, California. In the course of that, they had, had several different buildings that they, they moved into. And at one time, God told them that a certain building was theirs. And uh, they, they, the only thing is that this building was not zoned for a church. So they got the church building and then they were working to have it rezoned. They take this, it has to go before the city council. And they vote whether or not it can be zoned to house a church. So Ed told this congregation, God told me that's our building. So the congregation came and packed the city council meeting that night for the vote to make their presence known, yeah. you know, that we support this and you, you're representing us. And yeah. so the whole congregation came and they're discussing it and uh, then they're to vote. And so Ed said that all the congregation, he said it was like a buzz. Everybody's praying in tongues, just kind of under their breath, and everybody's kind of looking around like, where's that buzz coming from, you know? And so they're praying, and then they take votes, and um, there was, it was voted down by one vote. And Ed said, he's standing up there, you know, kind of at, 
I guess, some kind of a po podium where you're addressing yeah. the council. And he said, the buzz stopped. He said, they quit praying. It's like, they bailed. He said, they bailed on me when they said it's been voted down. And he thinks, I'm just standing there, no more buzzing. Come on, people, this is the time to buzz, you know. And he said, they went completely quiet. And he said, they're all just looking at me because I know what they're thinking. You said, God told us that was our building. And they voted it down. Come on. And one of them in the discussion said, the mayor was there, and one of them in the discussion said, well, it's too close to the runway, the airport runway. And we're concerned that a flight could go off path and land in the building and crash it. This is what the, this is what the mayor said. That it could crash into the building and kill everyone in the building. And Ed said... Mayor, last week you dedicated a hospital right at the end of the runway. Hello. Hello. Yeah. Come on. Right. Good word. Well, I don't know. He didn't seem to like that. So they voted it down. So Ed's just standing there, and he goes, I'm just standing there. I, I don't know what to do. And he said, and God said, he said, God, what do I do? And he said, stand still. Don't let down your faith. Just because everybody else in the room let down their faith. Don't you let down your faith. <laughs> and he just stood there. And the court recorder said, uh, my machine isn't working. You're going to have to vote again. She said, I could not record it. My machine isn't working. And then they started voting again. And one of the council members said, ah, oh, forget it. Just give it to them. And he changed his vote. And all of a sudden, the machine was working again. And Ed said, an angel went over and put his finger in the machine. Why? Because they weren't done voting. What if you didn't believe in angels? They wouldn't have gotten their building. They needed divine help. Who? The genius of God. Go put your finger in that. The genius of God. You don't have to bop someone on the head, which would probably been okay too, but all they did just go over to the machine. We're not voting. We're not, we're not recording until the vote's right. Don't you love the genius of God? Then another time of, in that same, with that same church, I don't know if it was the same building, but the same congregation. And... Uh, it went to purchase a building. It was half a million dollars in the 70s. And they didn't have the cash, of course, to buy it. And so Ed worked out a deal with the lease option that they would lease it for a year. At the end of the year, pick up the option to purchase it. And they needed $126,000 at the end of a year to pick up the option to purchase. 
during the year that they occupied as leasing it, the, the, the market just skyrocketed out in California, which it often does. It, it goes, it swings wide. And so the value of that building doubled in one year from half a million to $1 million in a year. So the landlord did not want them to pick up the option to purchase because he could now make a million on it instead of half a million. So most, land, most people want the sale to go through, but this guy didn't because of the market change. So Ed had received offerings and they had only been able in that year to get together $10,000. They needed 126,000 at the end of the year. So two months before the money was due, Ed was preaching in another city. He was to do a camp meeting and he was the morning speaker that morning and he was getting ready that morning. And God spoke to him and said, I don't want you to do the service this morning. You send another preacher to do it because I'm going to talk to you. So he uh, noticed God said, I'm going to talk to you. So he sent another preacher. Ed was still in the hotel room. He was walking around in the hotel room praying in the spirit. And he heard the door open and he turned because he thought they rented out his room to somebody else. He turned to see who. That's how, that's how physical that sound was. He heard it. So he turned around to see who came in his door and there were two big angels standing there. And he said they were so tall that the roof disappeared because their heads was above, excuse me, the ceiling disappeared because their head was above the ceilings. And he said they had on armor. There were dents in their armor, uh, holding, holding swords. And they said, we have been sent from the throne room of heaven to straighten out your finances. Listen to those words. We have been sent from the throne room of heaven to straighten out your finances. Notice God said, stay in your room. I'm going to talk to you. The angels are talking. God's talking to him through these ministering spirits. These words did not originate with them. They are only conveying a message. They are saying God, what God is saying to Ed is coming through their mouth. We need angels. There are some instructions and some things we want God's going to put in the mouth of our angel. So they said, we have been sent from the throne room of heaven to straighten out your finances. And then they just stood there and looked at him. Notice, they only say what God says. <laughs> they don't, they're not con- conversing. They're not filling dead space. They just stood there after they delivered the message. And so Ed looked at him and said, well, what are you waiting on? They said, we are waiting on the faith command. Why do people not have the help of their angels? No faith faith command. If you don't hear it taught, you don't have your faith on it, they're not commanded. Well, doesn't God command them? He commanded them to you for you to command them. And if you don't command them... He will not command in your behalf. He commanded them to you. So, uh, Ed said, what are you waiting on? They said, we are waiting on the faith command. And over in Psalms, it says that the angels hearken to the word of God. So Ed said, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Go 
and caused the money to come. And he said they disappeared. Two days before the money was due, well, let me go. After that happened, uh, within a few weeks, 126 businessmen in his church called a meeting and said, uh, Pastor, we have an offer to make you. And they said, we have gotten together and we have each decided that we will give $1,000. There's 126 of them. Each of us will give uh, $1,000. It's $126,000 and we will purchase the building. And you will lease it from us. And so Ed went back to God and said, God, what do you say about that? And he said, you're having problems with one landlord. (laughs) What are you going to do with 126 of them? Now, what this shows and demonstrates, the money was in the church. Hello. It was there. God never tells us to do something that's beyond doing. He will empower us to play our part. And if people don't play their part, it affects. I mean, I I have to watch myself when I tell that part that I don't get miffed. That they are working a deal at the sake of their pastor turning him into their client, putting a, putting a bounty on the head of that congregation that you owe us something. That ain't renewed thinking. They disqualified themselves. So... Ed Ed said, no, I I can't do that. They still didn't offer the money. They're like, now we know you got it. You told your pastor you got it. And you're not giving it. You should have just kept yourself quiet. Ananias. No, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. He boasted of giving more than he gave, right? So, two days before the money's due, there's not the money. It looks like they're going to be out. And Ed said, I tell you, the, vi- the devil gave me visions of us sitting in chairs on the sidewalk. The devil, devil give you all kinds of imaginations. All kinds. Painting pictures. Your, your imagination will get very energized. And so... Uh, Two days before the money's due, Ed's meeting has his attorney to come to his office and he says, I need for you to try to find a way in this contract. Is there any way I can get an extension? Because the landlord is adamant. He wants them out. And he said, is there anything that we can, we can draw on that's in the contract, the wording that will let us? Yeah. And so the, con- the lawyer said, there is nothing here. There's nothing here. It's, cl- it's ironclad. You can't... There's nothing that's going to give you leeway. So while they're in the office, the secretary buzzes in to Ed's office and says, there's a man out here who wants to see you. Well, Ed thought it was the landlord because he'd kind of been taunting them. You got your money, you got your money, and you know how. 
So Ed thought, of course, it was the landlord. So he said to the, uh, he said to the lawyer, you go out and you talk to him. So the lawyer was gone a few moments and he came back into Ed and he said, uh, I think you need to talk to this man. And so Ed went out there and it wasn't the landlord. It was a man he did not really recognize. And uh, he was just, you know, wearing something. He wasn't in a business suit or anything. He was just in a jogging suit. And he said to Ed, he said, uh, he said, I, uh, I've been to your church. I've heard you preach. He says, I don't like your preaching. <laughs> and Ed turns to the lawyer, like, this is what you wanted me to come out for. Like, this is not what I need at this moment in time. He says, I don't like your preaching. He said, you scare me. He said, my pastor stands behind the pulpit. You go all over the room. And he said, that scares me. But he said, but there's two fellows in my room. And they're telling me to bring you a cashier's check for $126,000. So here it is. Without angels, that wouldn't have happened. They influence people for your good. Angels will influence. Now, they don't take over the will of anyone. Someone still has to respond, but they will work divine influence to influence people in your benefit. But they wait for the faith command. And we are in a time that we're, we need divine influence being worked in our behalf. So they were able, you can imagine the, 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 the thrill of that. But those angels are good at their job. What if that guy wouldn't respond? They'd have kept going. They don't fail in mission. When there's faith, they don't fail in mission. Amen. And so uh, the next Sunday, Ed had already scheduled a guest minister. So the guest minister got up in the pulpit and he, before he even preached, Ed introduced him and he came to the pulpit. Before he even started his sermon, he pointed back at the back and he said, Sir, you back there, come up here and obey God. (laughs) And Ed turns around to see and he's pointing to this man who had given the money. And he turns around and sees him and he tries to get the attention of the preacher and says, He already did obey God. (laughs) But this preacher said, no. God's telling me you need to come up here and obey God. So you come up here and you obey God. So the man comes up from the back. He takes the microphone and he said, those same two fellows are back in my room. They're telling me to give you a cashier's check for $374,000, which is the payoff of the building. And he said, give me two weeks to move some of my resources around and you'll have it. And he, he was good to his word. He did it. And Ed went back to God and said, God, he said, I did not even talk to you about the payoff. He said, I was so uh, taken up with just the amount we owed immediately. 
And he said, I can't tell you how I appreciate the payoff, but why did you even go that step further? And he said, just because you would not compromise with those 126 men. As proof to them, a sign to them, I can do this without beyond you. I can do this beyond disobedience. You don't want God to prove you that way. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. An angel at one time, Dad Hagen tells of the time that him and Mom Hagen were in, they were on the road. At some, some portions of their travels, they had their own tra- travel trailer. And he talks about how one night he heard the door open. And uh, he got up to check because he wondered... If somebody, I think they had parked by the church and he wondered, is somebody trying to come into the trailer in the night? And he got up and he didn't see anyone. He laid back down and he said he began to sense there's an angel in the room. He says, I even reached out my hand to see if I could touch it. And he said, and I just laid there. And then he says, I heard them turn, walk away, walk out and the door close and didn't say anything to me. He said, during that time, he said, then a recession came and he said, I struggled. He said, my, I struggled. He said, for a year, I struggled. And I was falling behind every month. And he said at one time he was, during that, the, the course of that time, he was in a service. Jesus appeared in the service and talked to him. And he said, I sent an angel to warn you about the upcoming recession, but you wouldn't respond to the angel. So he turned around and walked out without the message. And so you, you, I just thought, well, you just go, suffer for it. See, we have to believe. We have to use our faith. And he says, now I'm going to help you out of that. But he said, I just thought I'd let you just teach you. Respond. Because there's much, an angel doesn't just come because it just kind of, uh, it'd be a little bit better. He's rescuing you from something. There's a rescue. And it matters. It might see right then he was in no financial conflict. So sometimes you can just dis oh well, you know, dismiss it, but you don't know what's ahead that the angel's in front of. Angels have to be responded to because they will not force themselves any more than God will force themselves. They have to have faith. Amen. On on our part. I remember that when Brother Norville went to heaven and God began dealing with me about, and I started feeding much on his materials and God began dealing with me and said, the revelations that were given through him, don't let them drop just because the man left. Somebody's got to pick up the message that was assigned to the man. Not necessarily re-preach his sermons, but what did God say to the man? So I did, I started feeding and finding what did God tell him? That's what I'm going to pick up because that fits anybody. Anybody who recognizes God speaking can tell it. So as I was going to preach one night at a camp meeting and I had, I was going to preach this that God had given brother Norville and uh, in getting ready for the service, Uh, out of the corner of my eye, I saw a flash of somebody standing there. But when I looked, there was nobody there that I could see. And I go, no, I checked my spirit. No, there's, there's an angel there. So I didn't just stand there and wait for him to do something. 
I walked up to him where he was. I held out my hand and said, you have come here for a purpose. What is it you came to say or do? And I stood there. See, I've got to respond. And he said, he said, I have come to bring the impartation for the utterance of the revelation given to Brother Norville. So basically, now I receive an impartation to pick up that message. I remember years ago, and, and in keeping with this, years ago, oh my, I want to say at least 20 years ago. My husband's been, uh, he passed seven and a half years ago. So I want to, no, I'm, I'm going to have to, it's it, 15 to 20 years ago, somewhere in that time span. I was leading a prayer service at our church, and I taught on prayer. And then I went to the platform, there was a chair, and I was sitting on the chair and just praying from that place. And while I was praying, I knew, and see, I, my husband would see the angels, or he would see Jesus. He'd tell you what they're wearing, he'd tell you every, how they looked. I don't see him in that sense. I, don't, I know by word of knowledge where they're at, I know where they're moving, I know what they're doing. It's all by word of knowledge. So I knew Jesus came, and he was coming up that side aisle over there, and he's walking, he comes up, and he comes up the platform and stands right by my chair. So I'm sitting here, he walks up, and he just stands right here, looking at me, not in front of me, to the side. I know he's standing there. And I'm sitting there, waiting for him to say something. He doesn't say anything. And, I, and all of a sudden, I start getting, oh, he's not saying anything. I know he's here. And then it dawned on me, oh, I need to respond. Yeah, right. There you go. Just knowing he's there is not a proper response. So I said, Jesus, I recognize you're here. What have you come to say or do? And he said, I want you to travel overseas with your husband. I had gone overseas some, but I really hadn't. He, he traveled normally with anywhere from six to 12 men or something. So usually there were more tra ministers traveling with him than even services he had to conduct. And he would share those services with different ministers. So I thought there's no need for me to go. Right. There's all these men going, so I don't need to go. So I wasn't going, but Jesus said, I want you to go overseas. Well, I didn't know then that my husband would be exiting. But because now I know the pastors, those doors were held open after his departure that now I go over there. And that's how TBN Russian, how I got on television, because I did what Jesus said that service. If I would not have done it, that door could not have been open to me. But I wanted you to see this. Even Jesus showing up has to have our response or he would walk out without delivering what he said. And when an angel shows up, when Jesus shows up, we need what they're bringing. It's vital. It's not just so we can have an experience. Another thing is angels protect our lives. Psalm 91 tells us that. They protect our lives. I remember when I was uh, on a certain position and I had to, because of, because of my job, my position, I was traveling across the nation back and forth hours a day. This went on for a, a, a solid year, just travel, travel, travel. And the sleep was little and far between. Right. Yeah. And uh, 
I remember I was in the car and I had to, I had to do a four hour drive that day, make an eight hour appearance and then come back for another four hour drive. And I, before I even got out of Tulsa, I had found myself in the ditch, driving in the ditch. I'd fallen asleep and I, and I had four hour drive in front of me. And I just said in desperation, I said, God, you're going to have to help me. It wasn't me partying out late at night and now I'm sleepy. I was fulfilling my obligations. And so I said to God, and so it's not you party, you know, you, you're tired and now you ask for God to do you some, do something special for you. <laughs> it's not negligence, you know. But anyway, so I said to him, I said, I need you to help me. Because I said, I don't, I, I don't know how I can make this trip. And so when I said that, I felt a finger touch me right here. And when it did, my head flung back all the way, popped right back up, and I was completely refreshed. Like I had slept a week. You talk about... But you talk about charged up, baby. You don't need no five-hour energy drink one. My other thought then was, can I sleep tonight? That was my next thought. When I got home, I slept like a baby. It did not interrupt me. It revived me and refreshed me. And the month later, I was in the exact same situation. The exact same thing happened again. What an angel. What is it? My guardian angel. But see, I invited help. Amen. Amen. And another thing, and I, I, just a few more minutes if you can stick with me. Another thing that angels do for us is they assist us in bringing to pass the will of God in our lives. Whenever my, my, uh, well, my husband and I, as I said, we were married almost 30 years, but right before I met him, I was engaged to someone else. And we had, um, we were very close to marrying. And uh, at one point, we were going to elope. We had our blood, we had, used to, back then, you had to have a blood test. I don't know if you got to do it anymore. I don't know what y'all do anymore. <laughs> But you had to have a blood test. And then they published, they would print it in the paper who got a marriage license. Well, the bad thing was I was Miss Oklahoma. And you don't be Miss Oklahoma and have a marriage license because that's called Mrs. Oklahoma. <laughs> and I didn't win Mrs. Oklahoma. You see? So that was kind of a, and I won't tell you all that went in with all that. <laughs> So we had all that and we're on the way to the preacher and we got into one of our, and I, if there was ever a fight, it was divine yeah. <laughs> and ended up not getting married that day. But then we were still engaged and uh, had the, you know, the wedding dress, had the, the, the invitations printed, everything. And uh, God, God helped me yes. and I got out of that relationship and I at that point I locked myself up and prayed in the Holy Ghost for three weeks because I did not know what the will of God was at the end of three weeks my brother and I went to a meeting and that's the night I met a man by the name of Ed Dufresne and in five weeks later I was married but to a different guy it was quite a story <laughs> We were married a couple of weeks and we were down in a meeting 
And uh, a minister, Ed was preaching at Camp Ming, there were several ministers, and this minister called us out and said, and I'll, I'll, it's so precious to me, said, the angels that worked with him and the angels that worked with you are rejoicing because they fulfilled that assignment. They were working, working to help us move into the will of God. You need divine help. Why? To bump wrong people out, bring right people in. You need that help for your children. Can the devil not send people to your children's lives to injure their lives? Yeah. Well, so can God. God with his angels. You can say, Father, I thank you that the angels protect my child, that every time a wrong person comes, they bump into the angel. No, you're not coming here. You go down the road. You go down the road. Not here. Amen. There's divine help to assist us. And I, I, I so love the story of a woman by the name of Rachel Tiefatiller. She was a precious woman that just prayed. And God spoke to her about moving. Her and her husband were going to move for a season to where her son started a church. And he said, Mom, I need your help in starting this church. And he was an older fella. He wasn't young, but he was an older fella. And so uh, her and her husband made plans to go help him. And so he came down, drove down to help move them. They loaded up, and they were driving, and the, the first night, they could not find it. And back then, it's motels. Remember the motels and no vacancy signs and neon signs? It's a different world. You kids don't even know what you're talking about. All we looked for was the word pull growing up as a kid. Just, Daddy, Daddy, don't go to one that doesn't say he's got a pull, because, I mean, otherwise, all we ever swam in was the horse trough. So, you know... We always swam in the horse, the horse trough. Man, that's good, that's good stuff right there. And, and so, so we begged Daddy, stop at a motel that says the word pool, you know. And so y'all don't know what it, most of you don't, I don't know if you remember. Yeah, so they drive through these little towns and they just had the motels and it always said no vacancy, no vacancy. So they had driven that, you know, at dark they were going to stop, but they, had, they couldn't find a, a motel, so they kept going to the next town. And about 11 o'clock at night, he said, Mom, we may just have to sleep in the car. There's just no, there are no, no rooms available. And she said, God did not call me come on. to come and help you and sleep in a car. I am not sleeping in the car. You see, you have what you put up with. You have what you agree to. Even to the details of your daily life. And she said, someone's in our room. <laughs> Why? Because you mean God didn't prepare a room for them? He didn't know they were coming? Seriously, someone's in our room. <laughs> and she said, angels, go clear them out of our room. She believed in the ministry of angels. They drive to the next town. She said, this is the motel. Stop. He said, Mama, it says no vacancy. She said, I said, this is the motel. You go in and you get our room. She didn't say go in and ask if there's a room. She said, go in and get our room. See, this isn't her first rodeo. She's had experience with their work. Angels are excellent. They excel 
These angels excel in strength. They excel in power. They are excellent at their role. And so she said, she said, you go in and you get our room. He goes in, he comes back out. She says, you got our key? And he says, yes, mama, I got our key. And he told her the story that the clerk told him. He said, 30 minutes ago, a truck driver that had a room said, I, I don't have time to sleep. I've got to, I've got to get this load to such and such location or I don't get paid. And he says, so I'm turning my room back in. I don't have time to sleep. And said, the clerk said, I don't clean rooms. But I got up and I went and changed the sheets, cleaned the bathroom, and I cleaned the room. And it was the biggest room the hotel, the motel had, had beds for all of them. And so they had it. Why? Because an angel was put in place as a ministering. It was ministering to them. Listen, let the, sa- let the unsaved sleep in the car. Your father's taking care of you. My father's taking care of me. You say, well, that's rude and cold. No, I just, I'm bragging on my, my, my father how he treats me. He doesn't treat me to a car to sleep in. Yeah. And so they get to that city. They don't want to buy a home. They're only going to be there for a season to help him. They want to rent a home. It's a smaller town. They don't, they're not building new homes. So there was not a, a large you know, inventory of homes available. So they looked all over town. They couldn't find a home to rent. They put out the word to different ones. You know, let us know if you find a home. And so one day she went up to the, to the attic. That's where she'd go to pray. And she said, God, I don't live with my son. <laughs> yeah, like we, be, we out of that season. Yeah. That one's over with. And so she said, you didn't call me out up here to not have a house. Someone's in my house. Angel, you go and you get them out of my house. That's about 10 o'clock in the morning. She comes down from there. There's a knock on the door. The, the son goes to the door and there's a, there's a man standing there and says, I heard word that your parents are looking for a home to rent. He said, yes, just a minute, I'll get them. And so she comes to the door and he said, I have a woman who's rented my home for 10 years. He said she had committed that she was going to live there the rest of her life. But this morning she got up and she came to my door and said, I called my son yesterday. I'm moving back to such and such and here's my key. We've already moved me out. And, and so, her, uh, so Rachel said, we'll take it. And the son said, well, mama, you haven't even seen it. She said, didn't you hear me? Hello. See, you recognize this mental stuff. You know, we're mentally going through our process. She said, I'll take it. And of course, it was a, a wonderful home suited just for them. See, God already had it, but he needed her authority. God has things for you, but he needs your authority in play to get rid of things or to bring things, and angels will help do that. And you say, well, she was coveting. No, because she didn't go down the, down the row and pick the house. 
She said, God, someone's in my house. Listen, that's exactly what the promised land was about. Someone was in their land taking care of stuff till they arrived. There are people living in your home waiting for your faith to arrive. There are business owners uh, maintaining your business until you arrive with your faith. They're taking care of stuff, waiting for your arrival. But when you arrive, you're going to have to have divine help taking it over. Amen. Listen, God has buildings for the body of Christ in this era to hold barns. And they, think that they thought they built it for their entertainment venue. And they built it for a church. And we're going to show up and we're going to take over venues. Because the barns that we've built, they're not big enough. We're going to have to go for the big ones already built. Oh, that's far-fetched. Well, you just sit there and say that. Amen. Praise the Lord. Another thing the angels do, and I'll close with this one, they assist in times of great pressure. When there comes great pressure against you, they assist. Jesus in the wilderness for 40 days, 40 nights, an angel came, strengthened him at the end of that so that he came out refreshed. Not, he didn't come out tore up. He wasn't torn up in it, but he strengthened him. In the Garden of Gethsemane, before he was arrested, what happened? An angel came. And imparted something. The strength that he needed. What about this? Peter in prison. Amen. James had already been killed. Yeah. James had already been killed and it pleased the Jews. So that's what was lined out for Peter. But an angel came. An angel came. And delivered them. Many times, we'll find ourselves in situations we're going to need angels. We're going to need angels. Amen. We have to believe that they're available to us. We have to know that we have a part. It's not just about, oh, I hope God does something. We have to recognize that we have authority to call on them. Amen. Are you helped tonight? All these things, all these ways. Wouldn't you not call them? These are miracles. Sure they are. They're divine intervention by the angelic hosts of heaven that belong to us. And the more we're, the further we go into the will of God and the plan of God, the more angels we'll need. Amen. Amen. Your home, your church is going to need them. Amen. Praise the Lord. But this, this came in my heart for especially I'm, I want to speak to the pastors and the ministers here that we're purposing to go on yeah. further into this era. And I believe, and I say this by the Spirit, I believe to those that are sitting here, those ministers, God's dispatching more angels to assist you. Now, it won't do any good to have more dispatched if you're not going to use them. They'll be dispatched for the using. So don't struggle and struggle when you have divine help and their energy, their strength. Don't wear yourself out. I said, don't wear yourself out. Put them to work. They'll bring people across the paths 
to help you with the, the different projects, the buildings, the all kinds of things. Amen. They're part of the divine supply that belongs to us. My God shall supply all our needs. And they're part of that supply. Amen. Well, stand with me to your feet. Father, we believe. We thank you that you have, you have sent out ministering spirits. And we're authorized. They wait for our words of faith. And so we take our place in our authority, in the role that they play. Father, there are miracles that belong to this era. And in some cases, maybe even many cases, it's going to call for angels. I know that whenever, uh, I, know that whenever I toured uh, Sister Amy's castle, um, Amy Silk McPherson built a home about 15 minutes from my other home. And uh, I went there with the Bible school students just to tour it. And to make a long story short, God talked talk to me and said, I'm going to give you that house. And the, the community calls it Amy's Castle. I, that's not something I labeled it. That's how it's known in the community. And uh, when I'd go there, the, the precious, precious lady that worked with the Foursquare, the Foursquare denomination owned it. She was a Foursquare, uh, the founder of that Foursquare denomination, and it had just got, come back into their hands like after uh, 70, uh, close 75, 80 years. Well, it had just come back into their hands. And uh, so this woman that was part of their denomination, precious lady, she would tell me stories. She said, Pastor Nancy, she said, uh, I can't tell you the number of people that have come through this. And uh, she says, I've even had children. Do you see that angel above that house? That angel, see that house has been there almost 100 years. Through every earthquake, all kinds of things. An angel watching over that because there's a plan for it. Praise God. Amen. Then there's a historic property right across the lake that God spoke to me and said, I'm going to give you that. It's an academy. It's going to be for the Bible school. And I can't tell you the number of times I've had people in our congregation that when they're praying, they see angels around that property. It's been vacant for 70 years. And God's and, and there have been all kinds of vandals that have never been able to destroy the place. Why? Because the angels are there making sure that the plan of God comes to pass in that location. Angels are interested in the locations where God's plan is to come to pass. They're interested in locations too. And they will guard those locations, protect that, waiting for our arrival. And when I, I talked to Brother Copeland about it, he began to prophesy and he said, Nancy, that property's been waiting for your arrival all this time. And I said, I believe that. But see, we have to arrive with faith of knowing that we can't do this on our own just through a business negotiation we're going to need divine influence working in our behalf amen well that's not just for me that's for others you stay with the plan of god you have divine assistance amen but it's not just enough to read it we have to employ them amen because this is called a miracle crusade but they help in miracles. Amen. 
in these different arenas. Amen. So don't struggle and struggle and struggle to, to get things to the place where they need to be. Use your heavenly equipment, your heavenly help. Amen. Father, we thank you. We glorify you. Thank you for us hearing these things tonight. Father, we must become skillful. We must become skillful in everything that you, that you entrust to us. We must become skillful with faith, but skillful at using our faith in sending forth these heavenly hosts, the divine equipment. So we thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. Every single one of you have a guardian angel. Every single one of you. And then the more you move into and based on what God has for you, more come based on what needs to be accomplished. Amen? So don't just use your, don't leave your angel unused. If you don't want them sending me, I'll take them. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's just wait before him a few moments. We worship you. We worship you. I'm going to give you the opportunity right now. Can you think of maybe a project, a situation that you think, you know, I've been struggling with that. There's no, there's no need to struggle. I haven't, I have not given. Remember what the angels told Ed, we're waiting on the faith command. I haven't given the faith command. Maybe it's with your business. They'll influence customers. That doesn't mean you don't do your advertising or your part, but they will take your advertisement and they'll influence people with that. They'll assist. It's not where you sit back and do nothing. You do everything you can do, but you employ, part of what you can do is employ what they can do. Amen. It can be, it can be for your family. Remember a pastor on Sunday morning was talking about how Abraham said uh, to his servant, an angel will go with you to find. He'll go before you to find a, a spouse for my son. They help in all kinds of ways. Amen. Can you think of some way you need right now, I'm talking about in this moment, that you need divine help. So I'm going to let you right now. We're going to take a moment and give you time to give the faith command. Specify. Now see, remember what Rachel T. Fatiller would say. Somebody's in my hotel room. See, she's being specific. You go get them out of my room. Somebody's in my house. You go get them out of my house. You have to tell them what it is that you're dispatching them to do in your behalf. Don't be general. Be specific. Amen. Hallelujah. So right now you lift up your voice. You do that. Father, we thank you. We thank you that we have heavenly hosts available to us. Whether we see them or not is not the point. Whether we ever know that they're present in the room or sense them, that's not the point. They are waiting for the faith command. We give the faith command. We give the faith command for the role that they play. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Now remember what Sister Rachel would do. She'd say, you go in there and you get that key. She expected the angel to do exactly what her faith dispatched it to do. So expect things to change. Expect something to happen. Amen. Say, Father, I thank you that heaven's hosts are working on it. They're working on it. They're working right now. They're working right now. Hallelujah. They're working right now. They're working right now. Right now, they're working. I thank you for it, Father. I thank you for it, Father. I thank you for it, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, we don't want to just be hearers only. We want to be doers. Let's not let it slip. Bible warns us about not letting them slip. What we know about it, letting their assist slip. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, let's sing something. I don't know who to. You got something? We're stepping in. We're stepping out. We're moving with the Spirit. We'll sing with praise. We'll shout. Don't go alone. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, Father, we thank you tonight. We thank you tonight. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Pastor Noel, you got anything? I don't know. You do? There's a mic right there. Hallelujah. Oh, the glory, the glory, yeah, the glory. Speak about the glory, the angels. The angels move where the glory is. 
My God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. The glory belongs to you. He gave it to you. Speak about the glory. Believe about the glory. And as you speak the glory, they will go. They will go and bring all the supply. Bring my moshke, yos, okay, yet goes. It's in the way. Bokush in the moga. It's in the way. That's it. It's in the glory. It belongs to you. It belongs to the church. Glory, the glory, the glory, the glory, the glory, the glory, the glory. The glory, it's in the glory. Yakosha, it's in the glory. Yakosha, speak about the glory. Worship God, worship God. Yakando, shikanda, pray in the spirit and then the glory. The, oh my God, hallelujah. Multitudes of angels in the glory. It's in the glory. Ashikata, yesakototo, datichiotokopaya. Those that will proclaim the glory of God, those that will walk in the glory of God, those that will fellowship with God and and the glory and the glory and the glory and the glory those who will stay in the spirit with him in the so-called is in Mahaya and the place the place the churches the churches the churches the true church of God the glorious glorious church of God it will make a difference they will know they will see the glory they in the front, in the front, in the front of this building, you see the glory, the glory, and the angels congregate where the glory is. What the kashtata in your market, in your car, in your car, in your place of work, in your businesses, the glory, the glory, the glory. This is the days of the glory. This is the time of the glory of God. It shall manifest. It shall. It is now. It is now. It is in this place. The key, the key, the key, the key, the key, the key, the key to all of all, to all the move of the angels and the miracles is in the glory. Yes. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We receive that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Did you hear? It's for those who will purpose, purpose to be in the Spirit. And we can. We're told walk in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Sing in the Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. In the Spirit is God's plan for the church. I said in the Spirit. Hallelujah. Led by the Spirit. Dominated by the Spirit. Not by the carnal. Not by the natural. But by the Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. 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 Hallelujah. Well, you don't want to miss it in the morning going to be good if you if you've missed any of the meetings go back and you can watch them on youtube every single service has been really different from the from a previous one and that's so wonderful because the holy spirit is so diverse amen and then of course tomorrow night don't want to miss it and uh it's good to get to be here
I said, it's good to get to be here. And those who are hungry, be in the congregation of those who are hungering for the same things. Amen. Hallelujah. Again, let's thank Him. Father, we thank You tonight. We give You glory. We give You honor. We give You praise. Thank You that our help is so total. Our help is so all-encompassing. And we won't neglect any, any part, any facet, any flow of our help. We thank You for it. We thank You for it. Hallelujah. Well, turn to somebody before you're dismissed. And say this, say, I'm going to live in the glory. You can be dismissed. God bless you. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries.